You've selected Country AF Radio on demand. Can take it with me anywhere. Plays whatever I want. You've heard of TED Talks. Now listen to Toad Talks. Sitting here today with um, my good friend, aka hashtag FSM, Mr. Stevie Mons. How you doing today? <laughs> good. How you doing, buddy? Dude, I'm all right. We just ate really, really well. Ah, oh, so good. So good. We, I'm going to go ahead and give a plug. It's not paid, but so uh, it's Soho Japanese restaurant, dude. We just went and feasted. Yeah, and you even have your own rolls that you brought into this place. I do. that are not on the menu. That blows my mind. That's the neatest thing in the world. I, I, uh, I the funniest part is. Um, I didn't know the name of uh, the high maintenance until like after going there like three, four weeks of having this roll because I would order it. I told them, like I sat at sushi bar one night and they're like, dude, I think at that time they had eight rolls total. That's it. And so they're like, what do you like? And I'm like, well, dude, let's try this, 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 and this, just like that. And they were like, okay, okay. And they make it. I'm like, no, no, dude. <laughs> Never said I wanted like, you know, um, halibut on there. I wanted yellowtail. And then they'd bring it the next time and it'd have masago all over it. I'm like, dude, I don't want fish eggs on. I want this, <laughs> that sort of thing. So that I come in three weeks later and uh, they just made my roll. And they're like, dude, it's on the menu now. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, it's called a high maintenance. I was like, well, <laughs> that's fucked up, dude. <laughs> but it was good. I mean, I had, I, it's good to me today. I, mean, that, I think that was my favorite role today. Yeah? Besides the bluefin. The bluefin was silly. That shit was good. Dude, when you walk into a sushi bar and they tell you that they have three sections of the belly, do you like it super That's fatty good. or do you like it media or in the middle? And, yeah. yeah, we had it in the middle. And kind of weird, they didn't put gold flake on it this time. <laughs> That's some bougie shit. <laughs> That's some bougie well, You saw who I'm dating, right? <laughs> yeah. Super bougie. She didn't even have one, and she's the only one that commented on that. Right? Well, that's why she didn't need it, because they, they... What did she say? She goes, uh... They knew I wasn't getting it. That's right. So they didn't put Gold Flake on. It was the first time she ever had Toro was there, and they put Gold Flake on her uh, sushi, and it'll never... It's straight downhill for, for me, because I can't afford the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Good luck, buddy. Dude, welcome to Las Vegas. You're back again. Uh, we were talking earlier. Uh, we figure you've been here four, five, six times. We haven't quite figured it out, but we'll have to put a pen to paper and figure that one out. Yeah, we will. well, it's been, I think we decided like maybe four or five headlining shows. Right. And then, uh, um, you know, a couple of benefits and big festivals and stuff. So Yeah, super fun. Love coming here. Dude, last time we were here, I'm just going to go on a side note. We ate at CPK, so this was definitely an upgrade. Yes, absolutely. Same people at dinner, whatever fucking Aaron. Yeah, the company, we can't get upgraded, but we <laughs> can't up upgrade the company, I guess. Let's upgrade the food. Freeloaders. <laughs> just want to hang out with Stevie Mott's. I think that's what it is, dude. You're getting famous here. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Dude, let's talk about this hashtag Isn't FSM, that, Yeah, dude. it means FSM. Doesn't that mean famous Stevie Mott's? Oh, no, it Isn't should that be. That would be uh, uh, F-E. Famous enough Stevie Mott's <laughs> is what it should be. <laughs> I mean, that's let's it. be honest. That's where you got. That's where you got the new Run DMC logo for, <laughs> I for did. your company, right? I did. I did. I stole that thing from there. Just a just a, a bite. They call that in the graphic design world. I you know, it's style. really close to FSM. Dude, I should just make a shirt like that. Just says that, right? <laughs> FSM, and that's it. I told you, I just got new plates for my truck, and that's what it says. Is famous enough? Six letters. I think it's kind of cool. That's awesome. It is kind of cool. Last time you were here for your own headlighting show was a CD release party. Mm -hmm. How's that been treating you? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's been good. Um, I know you guys spend it a lot. so We do. Thank you for that. Um, it's The cool thing about my goal with that last record is to have a record that I can play live and never get tired of it. Right. And I've been home six days in the past seven weeks, and I've played those songs every single night. And I swear every single night. This is, sounds really cliche, but every single night I just fall in love with them. It's That's awesome. good. I love it. I woke up this morning and sent you a text message of a screenshot of what I woke up to. 
Yeah, my ego made me turn on Country AF app and listen to myself. <laughs> and then you heard a nice little plug that said you're going to see uh, maybe see some shirts in here tonight with a hashtag on them that stands for Fun Stevie Mons. <laughs> that's exactly. what it stands for. That's the, the AF stands for. Yeah, that's for. what it is. <laughs> what's, what's your favorite song on that album? Um, Stay on Fire is really special to me because uh, Rebecca Lyles is on it, and I've, I've never recorded a duet before. Right. And it was kind of an accidental duet. Um, we were hanging out at Losers in Nashville, and she mentioned how she would love to do a high harmony on it. And I said, well... She heard it? Yeah. Okay. Because I was, I was doing all my vocals at Curb Records, and she was uh, A&R over there at the time. And uh, so she was like, man, I love that song. I just want to do a high harmony on it. And I said, well, you got the keys to the studio. Let's go. And so we did. And it happened. <laughs> and uh, come to find out, um, I sang some whatever take that we used, I had sang the wrong word. And... Um, because I when the first song, the first part of the song, I was like, "Man, this is gonna be cool, hotter than our skin on vinyl sheets." Because I was like, "That's pretty hot, man." Right. Like, but then the sticky, the actual lyric is hotter than our skin on vinyl seats, not sheets. Got and it. so she goes, "That doesn't even make sense." I go, "Yes, it does." I was like, "It's my song. Stop telling me what makes." You didn't even put it in your head that 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 you were saying sheets and not yeah, seats. Because I was so ingrained of it being seats right that one of the takes i said i said sheets and it stuck and right. then, so when she sang it i was like well i could have you just sing it and then sing the right words i don't have to go back and re re-sing it and uh, she started singing and i was like yep this is the right move so that's good we stuck with it and then then that's how you release it that way yeah 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 so where did you originally record the whole thing at um we recorded um uh, my publishing company at the time, Mucho Love Music, they had a, uh, a really cool recording studio um, that we did all the guitars and bass um, in. And then uh, um, Stephen Barker Lyles, uh, he had a, a drum room that he loves with Love and Theft. And so we went to that studio to do the drums and then vocals at Curb Records. Nice. You did all the vocals at Curb? Uh, most it, of them. So what do you, you just walk into Curb. I've been in there before. You just rent one of those rooms that they have in there and kind of like, that's what the normal person would do? No, um, they don't rent them out. Um, it's only it was, for their artists. Yeah. And their writers and everything. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. And because um, Steven was co-producing the record with me, that we were able to, uh, able to do a lot of work over there. And I had their house guy that mixes like Dylan Scott and all those guys. He was mixing my my record too. How cool is that? So it kind of opened up a lot of doors for that studio. Did not know that. It's funny because is that second floor there? No, this is actually a building across the street from the building you're thinking of. Okay. So, yeah, the the building you're thinking of that says Curb real big on it. Um, well, they have rooms in there, but those are just for the writers? Yeah, those okay. are more writing studios. Gotcha. So okay. there's a little, kind of inconspicuous little building across the street that they have, like, Studio A and Studio B in. RCA. Uh, the RCA nope, building? A block close, right across the street from the building you're thinking of. So, okay, hold on, let me see. So, the big studio that's there... Right across the street from Curb. Mm -hmm. I think we're talking about the same place. There's a Studio A and a Studio B, and like Kelsey yeah. Ballerini just did her last al album there. Yes. That's yeah. not the RCA building? Nope. Nope. RCA is a block down. Because there's RCA and Victor and all that stuff right, right there. Right. We just rented an office there, and it's the same place that Kelsey's doing hers, and for some reason I thought that, because I literally walked out those doors, walked right across the street, was at Curb Records. Huh. Now there is another office building across from that i don't right. know we'll have to figure the, it out dude, we'll have to look at that but anyway yeah. th those rooms in there are nice yeah these are really cool so like those are like the legit big rooms so that's kind of like where they take the dylan scotts of the world and the mm -hmm. stevie monsters of the world and the 
<laughs> Clearly now. I enjoyed it. Dude, I would too. When you when you put that on an album, when they say where you recorded it at, isn't that usually a common thing that you state where you recorded it at, or they just put down there where it was like mixed and engineered or whatever? Yeah, they. Um, I think that used to be a really common thing where, where back in the day you'd get your band together and you would just go and just hit it until you got it right. You right. Know? And these days, every with technology, it's like. Well, there is a drum room over here that sounds better and sounds because every artist likes a different sound that fits that whatever the artist is. Yeah, right. I got it. So the good thing is you get to you have the option to go to all these different studios and then bring it all together on one computer, right? With an external hard drive, yeah. and go cool. Here's the record. Let's mix it as a like we recorded it in one spot. Sure. There's a um, twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, I was dealing with a band. Uh, um, we called them Sway. And uh, it stood for me was, so who are you, so what are you, so why are you, so where are you, that sort of thing. That was the idea behind it. That's cool. Um, they produced some really neat stuff. Never never could find a singer to fit it. So we'll move forward 10, 12 years from that. Everyone in that band kind of went their own way, live in different cities. So I took uh, something I've always wanted to do is take a um, an album and have it written 10 to 12 songs. Uh, nobody being in the same room ever when it was recorded. So I started it. That's cool. Um, something that <laughs> you have no clue about me is something that I have a passion for music. You saw my house today. I got guitars, drums, bass. I just got stuff all over. I fart around with all of them. I don't play any of them very well, <laughs> but I play around with all of them. But I did get guitars and bass and drums done on one song uh, between Vegas and uh, Denver, Colorado. That's cool. Never sitting in the same room. That's so, cool. Yeah. And I have a singer now that's actually going to lay down the tracks on that. I just got another bass player that's going to come in, and I'm going to put this whole thing together where I have 10 to 12 songs. It's rock. It's not country. But that's for awesome. me, it's just something I've always wanted to do. Is like, But with technology, you have that ability. Nobody has to be in the same place. But if you get something raw enough on a guitar, you can just send a drummer a scratch, a scratch track. He can get an idea of some sort of a beat. They put it together, send it back to the guitar player and the bass player, and you know better than I do that the world comes together from there. Yeah, I mean, another perfect example of that is... Uh my drummer that's with me tonight, Isaac, uh, Chris Jansen just released a song today uh, called Waiting on, Waitin on Five. Okay. And uh, so Isaac was sent that song, sent the track to play drums on it, and he played it from his house and sent it back sent to Sent it him. back. Digital drums or actual, actual mic'd drum, up drums? Uh, mic'd nice. up drums. And um, he has a little studio at his house, and uh, awesome. he sent that back, and Chris Jansen released it today. With that on it? Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm like super excited to listen to it just yeah. based on that alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were kind of celebrating last night. That's, uh, what did you guys do when you got to town last night? Well, um, it's CMA Fest in Nashville, so I was exhausted. So I went to the I went to the hotel and went to bed. I think they went out, but uh, right. We celebrated a little bit in Kansas City because there was absolutely nothing to do. With that did you have before. like a layover there? Yeah, we had like an hour layover, so good. We found some trouble to get in <laughs> in Kansas City. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. What was his name? <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking earlier. You're going to release uh, another song here pretty soon. Yeah, let's talk about that. So this song actually has a pretty cool story behind it. Um, the Key West Songwriter Festival down in, obviously, Key West. Uh, <laughs> in Houston. <laughs> yeah. We go down there every year, and uh, one year there was this absolutely beautiful girl hanging at the bar, and Stephen Lyles was like, he goes, dude, you got to go talk to her. He's like, you're the single one here. You got to go talk to her. And so I was like, had just enough tequila to go, okay, cool. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> so I walk over there. We start talking. Really nice girl. And... uh she comes to goes, does a little bar hopping with us that night, and uh, and then she's like, "Look, I gotta go to work in the morning, so I'll see you later." And I was like, "Okay, see you later." And she went her way, and I went mine. Didn't see her the rest of the trip. 
And for whatever reason, it just kind of stuck with all of us, me talking to this girl, because I mean, she's a beautiful girl. She seemed really cool. And my buddies are always trying to hook me up anyway. All right. And uh, so the next year comes around, and Tyler Reed and Stephen Lyles are like, hey, maybe you'll, maybe you'll see your girlfriend again down here. And we were at some crowded, crowded bar, and across like 300 people, we ended up locking eyes. And then we hung out for the whole week and just had one of those like vacation weeks. Was she at the same place? No, totally different oh. place. Wow. Um, year later, totally different bar. I mean, it had to be across 300 people. It was somehow, I don't know how we locked eyes, but it, it worked out well and, and just shared an incredible week together. And uh, So transparent as fuck. Did, did you go down there thinking that you might see her again or was she totally off the radar? It was, it was kind of a joke. Like... The guys were like messing with me, like, "Hey, maybe you'll see your girlfriend again." You know, I'm, I'm like, "I'm like, dude, that'd be pretty crazy." And sure enough, I did. It's funny. And uh, so the last day, um, I had stayed in a different house that week than the Love and Theft guys, but I rode down there with them. So they had the bus ready to go, and they're texting me like, "Hey, man, time to go." So I told her, I was like, "Hey, I got to get going." I was like, "But incredible week, you know." I said, "But what do, what do we do from here?" And she had the best answer ever. She goes, "Well." You can take it how you want, but I'd like to have nothing to do with you. And I was like, hmm, I can take that as get lost. Right. Or, or I can take that as you don't want me to leave. You, you can just sit on a here. beach and it doesn't fucking matter what we do. Exactly. Wow. And uh, so like that, that just kept going in my head like over and over and over. And uh, I told Stephen Lyles about it and Tyler Reeve about it. And I was like, there's something, there's something cool about the line, nothing to do with you, and it not being... Negative. Like a rude, right. negative song. Wow. And uh, so we got together in Nashville, and and uh, we went to Doghouse, which I know you've been at. I've seen you there before. <laughs> That's different. Um, <laughs> they have a green room back there. We were all just having some drinks, and I brought up that idea again. I was like, guys, we got to write that song. Right. Like, it keeps popping in my head. And they go, let's go back there. they got a guitar back there. We'll write it right now. So we ordered lunch, ordered shots and drinks, and sat in the green room at Doghouse and wrote this song. Wow. Yeah. It's already recorded? Yeah. It's already recorded. And um, Country AF Radio is going to get it when? Uh, before everyone else. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Dude, I'm excited for it. I think the story behind it is really, what's, what's really cool about it. I mean, yeah. everybody has a story. And um, I think that's my favorite thing about country music is legit is that these stories that come out, you hear the song, you think you have an idea of what, it, what it's about. And then when you sit down and talk to the artist or the people that wrote it and find out it uh, not even close yeah like yeah. you were so far off like you think it was something else but i love that line too i think it's cool yeah. like whenever i whenever i introduce that song live or whatever i'm like yeah i met this girl in key west and before i left she told me she wanted nothing to do with me so i wrote her to this song and everybody thinks right oh he's about to just bash this girl All right terror it's a really sweet song it's just about enjoying the company of somebody else that that you don't need anything to do you don't have to go out sure you don't have to go listen to stevie Mons at stoney's you can stay at home <laughs> And have nothing to do on your couch. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's why I like. Dude, let's talk just like fun stuff. When when you when you actually get away from music, I know you got a busy um probably next quarter of your life on the road and everything like that with all the stuff that you're doing. Um what like if you sit down and watch T V, is there something that you watch? Like is there a TV show that like draws you in that I'm not saying on a on a daily or a weekly basis you have to watch, but when you do kind of like chill out and un unplug, is there do you have a go to? I do. Like there's two of them that and these two, they make me laugh so much that I don't care if I'm stressed out or if I'm exhausted or whatever. It just lets me just laugh really hard and not worry about anything. It's Impractical Jokers and Ridiculousness. Yeah, huh? two, two good shows. Two great ones. You know, what like, the worst, you know what the worst things about those shows are? What's that? Commercials. 
<laughs> exactly. hate them. Okay, here's the thing about both of those shows, though. Now, Practical Jokers, I've seen a couple of reruns here and there. But Ridiculousness, how many episodes did they record? Right. I mean, it has, it has to be a thousand because I watch it all the time. And how, it's always on. How would you like to be a producer of that show and just sit there and just scour YouTube forever and ever and ever? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be... My favorite part about that show is Rob Dyrdek. And the, the things that he says <laughs> makes the video... I'm just like, God, that's great. Yeah. So he's really good. I used to watch Tosh a lot. Doing yeah, I used to watch that all the time, too. Yeah, and I still, to this day, I don't know if he's straight or gay. Not that it matters, but I still... I mean, it's one of those things that you just want to well, know. He kind of puts it out there. like He leaves it hanging on purpose. I sure. Think. So, But any of those shows that make us humans just realize that we're all idiots yeah like i dig that man so. yeah yeah i uh I, I picked up wake serving lately and um um i don't know if you've ever done that before yeah dude uh, i i learned some stuff this weekend this past weekend we, we went out and um you get so scared and like i watch all these videos online of these people trying to do certain things on a wake on a wakeboard or a surfboard wake surfboard and so I was out riding this past Sunday, and I, I, I was beating myself up, thinking, and my kid's out there filming the whole thing. So I'm just like, like in my head, I'm going, dude, if I eat shit, this is gonna, <laughs> I can guarantee that somehow it's going to leak, everyone's going to see it. But in my head, I'm beating myself up going, because the only thing I think about is stuff like Tosh and yeah. how people eat shit <laughs> yeah. and ridiculousness and how people just laugh at you for making a mistake. But um, I, I think that, that we all are idiots in some point. We talked tonight about um, the stuff that came out of Heather's mouth. Um, <laughs> When she was just slightly impaired, and it was the greatest thing in the world, dude. I mean, we all share our stories, and it is real life. And um, um, I met Heather, and she had never, like I said, she's never touched a thing in her life. And uh, Scott Stevens came to town for the first time. I love telling this story. Um, he wanted to go get donuts uh, and edibles. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, I got this donut place. It's the shit. It's called the Fractured Prune. We just found out it closed the other day. It was called the Fractured Prune because the lady who made the donuts was always hurt. She was always crutch or something like that always break her leg play tennis something like that but she was an amazing donut baker or whatever they call that person <laughs> so we went and got donuts on the way home he's like dude do you know of any places here it's legal here is there any place we can go to i'm like dude there's one by my house i've never been so i walked in this place they take your id i legit had never been in one so i left there i sent heather text i'm like fuck you're never gonna believe where i just went like that i told her dude she got so butthurt like it really bothered her she's like who am i dating what kind of guy are you i'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying all this but now um she sees this other side of it all that if you're having a, a rough day and you're anxious and like and like i go to bed and my mind's like a uh the stock market ticker yeah sometimes and so i'll just eat a little bit so one night she wanted to do what i did and ate it it was the greatest thing in the world too, watching her <laughs> she told the story earlier how she killed an alligator that came through the doggy door <laughs> dude the I killed an alligator <laughs> She was so vivid with it. She walked into the kitchen, grabbed our brand new knife set, this biggest knife we had, put it in a headlock and cut it like from the neck all the way through the belly and then rammed it back out the door. And I was just like, it was really that like real? Did you go check and see if your dog's okay? That's when you say, who am I dating? <laughs> yeah, like, Dude, where were you? I know. I'm glad you weren't in the room that morning. That would have been weird. <laughs> that totally would have been totally weird. Different interview. Different interview. <laughs> <laughs> Different website. <laughs> it is Vegas. It no, is. no, it's not nervous. Dude, let's talk uh, Mexico. Let's, okay. Let's talk about just the rad things you do in Mexico. The name of the place is? It's Chips a Hospital, but the uh, the charity that I work it's with Hope is Song. Hope Song. Right. Yeah. And basically what we do is um, we, we bring two artists slash songwriters down every week. And from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock while the patients are eating lunch, it's an alternative cancer treatment hospital, while they're eating lunch... There's no stage, there's no microphone, no lights. We're sitting in 
the same chairs they're sitting in and just telling them stories and playing them songs and taking their mind off of stuff yeah and you donate all this time yeah huh. um for an hour they're not in their mind they're not in a cancer hospital in tijuana right you know that this i mean this lady i was just there this lady said uh she said, oh, my Tennessee boy here to take me out of Tijuana for an hour. There you go. And, man, I walked in, and she was just lightheartedly saying it, but, good Lord, it hit me hard. I'm like, that's that's why we're doing this. Right. You know, and um, I love doing it. Yeah, it's 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 a fun time because um, the charity has raised enough money to, to give the artists a good time while they're down there. It's kind of incentive to bring them down. Um, and uh, so it's you get to see a different side of people when you're in a third-world country together. I've, ne- I've never week. I've never been to Mexico. I've never had an interest in going. Um, I know some of the people that are involved with everything that's going on down there from Vegas that that are involved, but it's like a, a, never a place. Um, when I hear all these people that go, I b- believe John Stone was just down there as mm-hmm. well. Yep. Um, I've never met Satterfield. I've never met Ed Clay, but how did you get in touch with those guys? How did you meet those two? Um, Satterfield and I uh, would kind of run into each other at Losers in Nashville. And, um, is, is he a musician, writer? Yeah, he's a songwriter okay. and an and artist as well. Great artist. You got to check him out. He's got. He just released a song called uh, it's "About Bringing a Heart to a Gunfight." It's really cool. You'd like it. Great play on words. Yeah, but uh, we had become buddies over the years, and and then when uh, Ed Ed Clay he owns Chipsaw Hospital, and they're really good buddies. And uh, this idea came up of bringing music down to the hospital as kind of a release and kind of a just a different thing. Because music does heal. I know it's... It, Absolutely. It, it sounds like people say it all the time, but I've seen it firsthand. I mean, it's just... Dude, you, you, you look at music on a lighter level, like whether you just meet somebody for the first time and a song's on, it becomes your song. Or when you break up, that's what you go to. I yeah. mean, that's your release is music. And yep. um, I've never been super close to cancer. My mom had kidney cancer, but she something they removed and it was gone i mean i've never been super close to anything like that other than i used to donate my time uh, to a company here called candlelighters they're kids and i went to one um one uh weekend event and i went out and took pictures for them and you find out a week later that some of the kids had passed they didn't win they didn't it's the hardest part dude jesus christ that, that i mean i guess when you go down there do you keep in touch with these people outside of there or you're not allowed to or is it something that you're allowed to um i mean there's always certain people like anything else that you just kind of connect with sure organically um uh i'll never forget a guy named matthew armstrong and uh when he first came in his head was kind of tilted up because his lymph nodes were so swollen he couldn't speak right he kind of spoke very robotic like right and um i was there i was there the first well the last not the first two weeks he was there and um on day 14 he was like hey man can i uh can i sing a song on your guitar i said of course you can his lymph nodes is like no more swelling all right it went down normal. um and he was got up and played and sang and and we just had a ball man it was cool and uh he was doing a doing a gofundme account so that he could stay there because uh, he ran out of money right and um uh he raised a bunch of money i helped him raise a bunch of money and i donated some and and uh, I found out a couple months ago that he had passed. Oh, shit. And he had went into total remission and everything, went back home, um, was doing pretty well, and then a different form of cancer came back, and it was just, there's only so much of your body could take. So right. stuff like that is really hard, but you got to understand, like, the goal of the hospital and the mindset that I'm trying to have is 
with cancer, it's not about necessarily just saving lives. It's about prolonging sure. life and making the best and of the making white. it, making yeah. it as good as you can. Right. So that mindset has, has been a tough thing for me to grasp. But I don't think so. I'm gonna only say this because you and I were both together at Route 91 uh, when the shit hit the fan. Yeah. And um, um, my personal mindset and change of life for me was that life is short, so I instantly changed. I always wanted a boat. Fuck, yeah. I went out and bought a boat. And then I picked up wake surfing. Then I got, well, dude, I, I bought, that was my second boat. So I bought the first one just to see if we'd even go. We loved it so much. I got this little thing we put on the side of the boat just to get a little bit of a surf thing. And the, I was, looked at Heather and I'm like, I, I'm not going to die with money. So uh, I bought the house I wanted to buy um, with the girl I want to be with. I'm like doing the things in life that I really want to do. And I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't. So. I don't think you're having a hard time with it because you've moved on in a sense of um, I don't think you were doing Hope Song before Root. Um, I was not as as, not, as involved as I am now. In Mexico, did you go to Mexico before yes. that? You did. Yep. Yep. I, right. I've dude, been going down there for about three years. That's fucking awesome, dude. Um, but now I've I've become a lot more involved. Um, so I'm kind of John Satterfield and I are kind of teaming up together, and and uh, he's the president of the thing, and I'm kind of coming in right behind him and good. And giving him some time away from Mexico and, and giving the patients something new every now and then. And uh, just it's, it's getting to the point where it's getting bigger and bigger. So, Didn't they just do a big fundraising thing in Nashville for that? Yes. At some house or something? At East Ivy Mansion. Yeah, right. it's Ed Clay's house. So that's where uh, my friend Robin, thought, that's where you might have met her if... I was in Mexico. You weren't there. That, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I know that she went out there for that. She's funny because she'll come up to me and she's like, I'm not supposed to say anything, but do you know Lee Bryce? I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah, we know Lee Rises. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> He's kind of a big deal. But she's funny about that kind of stuff because she got heavily involved with it in some form or fashion. But, um, but So they did the, the fundraiser at East Ivy? Mm-hmm. East Ivy Mansion, yep. Have you gone to that fundraiser be- before? Yes. Yeah, I've played that fundraiser the last couple of years. So and, everyone just uh, kind of like donates their time and they kind of just get in there and raise some. One ticket's like stupid amount of money, but I went to... Yeah, went, it all went to Hope Song. Um, there's a really, really nice dinner. Like a five star fancy dinner, right? Um, and then you get to hear uh, a couple of speakers: Ed Clay, John Satterfield. Uh, every now and then, they have some patience. Um, there's a silent auction that helps raise money. Nice. Um, then there's a concert as well. So a lot of different. All the Hope Song artists get up there and do a writers' round style. Three people on the stage and take turns. You know. Sure. Um, and it's a really intimate thing. So a lot of the uh, a lot of country music fans that are kind of in the position to go to something like that and donate money like they don't necessarily go to country music venues to hear music right so for them seeing these artists like lee bryce really up close is and personal just a super right. super cool thing i know i always look at stuff here and you look at a sense of when you when that when a when a, a band plays at stoney's they don't really care to hear them talk it's more about the music and can i dance and it's a different environment and then you go to a um we've tried a couple things here we've done i met john stone here because we brought him out as a writer and we would did, did like our writers in the round thing here where we tried to two three artists at a time and put a barrel in between a bottle of whiskey and let them talk and go back and forth nashville would have been a hit yeah obviously i love that stuff you guys do that shit anyway i i was talking to um what's the guy from loser's name uh steve no um irv woolsey Whiskey Jam, sorry. Oh, Ward Gunther. Ward. Mm-hmm. So I talked to Ward once when I was back there, and then he came out here for the ACMs. We sh- shot the shit, and I'm like, dude, ah, still to this day, I'm trying to figure out how we can do what you do down there in some form or fashion here, but it just doesn't work because you guys aren't all here. By the time we get done paying for flights, we right. know what that's going to cost, and what that, and then a hotel room, and then by then it's like, what's the point? Yeah, and 
Whiskey Jam is also because it's located in Nashville. Yeah, tourists come there. Now they going, do, right? Yeah, they, but they come there going. Well, you never know who's gonna. You never know who's gonna come in and play. Right. Like Miranda Lambert may come in and pick up a guitar and play, and that in Nashville happens. Sure. You know who's gonna fly out to Vegas and be there because if Miranda's flying out and right. might get up and play, yeah. you're probably gonna be telling everybody. Yeah, you and you know, already so. know. The, the only time we get anything close to that, we were t- talking about this earlier, is uh, eight ACM time because everybody's in yes. town. That's yeah. the only time to do stuff like that. But it comes back to the, the people that walk through here, and I always say that you never know who's gonna show up. And uh, like every year. Knock on wood. I mean, it's just been silly in here. And this last one we booked six weeks out. See, Chris tried to wow. do this thing forever, and it just wasn't working. I'm like, dude, just let me have it. Just let me have it. <laughs> so I booked that whole thing in a matter of like uh, Nick Miller and I did the whole thing. He's at William Morris. I mean, we kind of like cool. put the whole thing together, and it, it turned out rad. I mean, we tried to do something a little bit different on Friday where we did all like a girls' night sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um I know I had this conversation today about about um, with females in country music and how tough it is. And uh, something that came to the table, something I never thought about, was the idea of uh, male-dominated m- music is based on um, females have a different. This wasn't my take, but this was just something that that I heard today. Was the idea that um, that, that came out wrong? I can see this side of it as well. That a female. When a female sings, you're not going to see a bunch of dudes going out there chasing them. You're going to see kind of like chicks. But when a dude goes up, you see guys and girls going up. So yeah, it's yeah. it's when a girl goes up, the girls aren't going to like them because it's kind of competition for them. They're going to bring their man to a show when this chick is badass. Right, right. So I saw that mindset today, but there's so much, so much talent out there from females. I watched the uh, CMT Awards, and I watched Marin Morris, and I watched Kelsey Ballerini, and I watched Carrie Underwood. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, these these chicks are badass. But it's crazy. What I mean, what do you do with a Carrie Underwood? She does whatever the fuck she wants to do. Yeah. But then you look at a ballerina who just seems to be herself, and she's made her way. Uh, uh, Marin Morris, to me, when she came out with a girl, I think there was this whole idea behind it that it was what it was before it came out. And then when it came out, it was exactly that. So people had this preconceived notion of was what it was going to be. You have thoughts on what... What you gave me a girl today, Julia Cole. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to listen to her some more. I'm excited to because anytime someone gives me something like that, I have a personal interest in it. But where do you think women are heading in country music? Do you think they have an opportunity? Um, what do you think's missing? I do. And, I, and I'll preface it by saying the music industry in general, being an artist is tough. Guy, sure. girl, whatever. It's tough. Um, you got to be resilient. You got to be able to take no for an answer and, and not get down on yourself and move on. Um, uh and as far as girls go, I mean, it's that resiliency, the ones that stick it out. I mean, they they have a good shot as well. Right. You know, um, it's harder for them. And I will not downplay that at all because, I mean, everything you just said was, was really true. I mean, it's the competition thing with other girls. They're not going to go support right. another girl. I don't think Heather's going to take me out to see a chick singing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's hot. Because <laughs> you're like, wow, she can sing. Yeah, she's hot. This is great. I break but, up. <laughs> But I think, I think girls being themselves, unapologetically, is where it's going because that's what's working. Dude, Ashley McBride. Yeah, she's herself. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, and she's worked hard. She's had some resilience. So I mean, but that's what I, th- I think. I think any artist needs to be themselves. Absolutely. You know? We were talking about Tim Montana earlier. Great buddy of mine as well. Yeah. And you had to edit a bunch of his interview because he was just. 
being Tim himself. Montana. Dude, what the funniest part about that was is uh, the next morning I got a text from him. He's like, bro, can, can we maybe listen to that before we post it? <laughs> was he drinking? No. No? No. No. Oh. It was just like one of those things where we sat down and it, and it went, it was super fun and then it got super personal, like in that sense, and then it went back to kind of like fun again, but... I've had an experience with him at his house, and it was just like, uh, um, that's what makes this more fun, like to be able to sit down with you in that sense. I've been to Nashville a couple times. It seems like every time we go there, we hang out, and yep. uh, you come here. It's not just do your show and get the fuck out. We get to hang out a little bit. Um, and you said earlier, this is the first time we're doing an interview where it's actually somewhat serious, because most of the time it's like, well, well it's joking around. Just fucks yeah. TV months, you know? Yeah, I have to yeah, say yeah. it once at least, right? <laughs> well, I think that surprise has only been one time. <laughs> that's, that's three. Way to pay attention to the interview, dude. Oh, sorry, I spaced out. What's on your hat? No idea. Don't know? Oh, it's a uh, little surfing company out of Rosarito Beach down in Mexico. Yeah? Yeah. That's that's kind of cool. It looks yeah. like the California bear. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, it's Baja. Okay. Baja, California. So. There you go. I'm going to go back to one more fun thing. Your favorite place to eat in Nashville? Man. Um, Don't judge it by food. Just like if, if if I come down there and there's a place that, that you got to take me to, where are we going? Well, I'm going to sound really pretentious when I say this, but I really do love their lunch, and we've been there together. The Palm. The Palm. The yeah. Palm. You just like, the, yeah, the service and everything there. The service is great. The food's great. Grit, the bartender's great. Right. Um, Stormy always walks through there. Storm, it's, yeah, I'm on a selfish music level, it's the best networking lunch you can have in there. Dude, I don't, so I've been in there probably three or four times now, and every time I'm in there, it's kind of, I mean, I had pitched Jordan Davis to come out and play uh, for the ACM. They said kind of a tentative yes, and they came back with a with a no for some reason. We found out later why. I think he played during the ACMs or something at the show itself, and it was some sort of a conflict or something. I don't know. Or maybe played the after show. But um, you have the ability to talk to anybody there. Like anytime I've been in there, I've run into someone that I either know or kind of know, and they're super nice. Everybody's well, nice. They may look at you and go, I know them. We're in this little bitty area in the Palm. I right. better give them a hug or shake their hand. Do the right thing. Even though I can't think of their name right now. Right. You know, and it's like, hey, good to see you. John you know? Gurney's girlfriend. Shannon. Shannon Ford. She we had met her. Yeah, we met her the night before, the two, two nights prior to that at uh, something with CRS. Mm-hmm. Something over there. We end up at the bar. And that's when I met Gurney and I met the whole crew of uh, um, Caliville. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super neat people. Yeah. Loved it all. But she was super sweet, too. Like, yeah. The whole the whole thing was cool. Yeah. She did not end up coming out with John Gurney then, that when he played out here. She was supposed to, but... Well, her and Mary Carlisle were having lunch at Palmer while you were there, right? I don't know who Mary Carlisle is. She's on She's on uh, the show with Stormy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Her and Stormy um, and uh, somebody else. Do the highway or whatever. But yeah, her- they were all at the Palm at the bar yes. that day we were there. Sitting yeah. in the corner. Yep. Right. Yep. Stuff like that, man. It's it's just it's like a nice place for to relax. So I love taking and the food was there. good. The food was good. Yeah. yeah, they tried to serve me a burger with bell peppers on or some shit like that too. Well, you're the only person in the world allergic to bell peppers. I am probably. You're probably right. Probably <laughs> right. You said that the next ten weeks you're pretty busy on the road. Are you going back down to Mexico again? Uh, some of it, yeah. Um, next week I, I'm up in. Uh, there's a little place called Blarney Island in Chicago. Have you ever heard of that? Uh no, I've heard of Blarney before, but I don't know why. So it's a floating venue on a barge, permanent, okay, permanently. So it's like a and it's a big, big compound out there, it's like big, downtown Chicago or something like that. Or no, it's uh, it's right outside of Chicago um, on this huge lake. You can take a boat or a helicopter out there, <laughs> <laughs> and you just get hammered. Bougie while as fuck. <laughs> you just get hammered while you're out there because there's nothing else to do. Except right, do you stay on this thing the whole time? They have yeah. like rooms there. Or? No, no, no. Oh. But you're there all day. So 
People get no green room. Yeah, there is. Really? In fact, I have a hilarious story. Let's hear it. So last time I played there, um, they're like, "Hey, is it cool if this band opens up?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And and he's like, "The lead singer is a really big fan of yours." And I was like, "Oh, that's awesome. This will be fun." And uh, these guys show up in tight yoga pants with long curly hair, headbands on, and I was like, "What? They're in a, a, like big time '80s rock band." And they're just up there rocking out. And it looks like they stuffed their pants with cucumbers and stuff. All right. I was like, what in the world? What are you looking there for, dude? So, trust me, if you saw it, there's... <laughs> you had to. You, you can't not look. And so I'm in the green room back behind the stage when they get done. And the guy comes back. And I, at first I thought he was messing with me. But he was like, he puts his leg up on the couch. Only one leg. And then he's standing with the other. So the whole thing is like in this it, weird, awkward thing facing right at me. And I'm looking up like past his shoulder you know <laughs> so i don't have to glance at no eye contact cucumbers. <laughs> and um he was like oh man i'm a big fan of yours big fan and one i'm sitting there going you're into 80s rock why do you why do you even like my how do you even know about my music right and two please put your leg down and get some pants on <laughs> it was the most awkward you thing you have mine <laughs> so needless to say they hung out in that green room so there was kind of a green room because i didn't hang out in there <laughs> much. What, what band was it I can't even remember the name. Right. I have no idea. You'd never heard of them before? No, uh-uh, no. I don't. I still don't know how they heard my music, but uh, super nice guys. I mean, super awkward conversation. Super awkward, nice guys. That's kind of good. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, uh, tell someone who's never seen you live before. What, what what can they experience? Like, what do you, what do you do that makes you Stevie Mons? Um, I really, really get into every song. Like, I'm not the guy that jumps around stage with a wireless microphone and and does that thing but i literally put everything i close my eyes sometimes sometimes i'm making eye contact with the cloud with the crowd but i put every bit of my soul into singing these songs i really do like i'm a passionate guy and uh i think that comes out on stage and you're about to say something hilarious. i'm not gonna say anything dude i just i i know normally i'd be funny but i just appreciate the fact that this is the side of you that i love the most is the fact that you, <laughs> so i have a text message back and forth and i'm assuming that maybe you had been drinking that night but um you sent me a picture of one of our postcards that was put out <laughs> and you're like i don't i don't see my name on here and i oh, wrote yeah, what back happened and, to my name <laughs> and i just started fucking with you and you came back with this super emotional and i just was like uh, I remember that night actually. Uh, yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, I could go one or two ways with this. I could keep joking around, which didn't get me on that postcard, or I could be serious <laughs> and see if I get on the next one. Yeah, I was laughing because I was like sitting there going, "Fuck, I don't even know." I told Heather, "I'm like, I don't, I, don't, I." He's been drinking. That's, I'm just gonna leave it. He's being super emotional right I now. I remember that I night. Going, I was definitely drinking. Yes. Oh, I definitely know. So I wasn't the one who posted that. Um, we did the artwork in here. We did an event for. Um, Gary Allen played here. So we had a table out there. So we did some quick postcards and some stuff on one side with Stoney's upcoming shows. On the other side, it was all about Country AF Radio. And we sent some of our girls that work here out there. And our program director, Cody, went out and just met all these people and hand all the cards out. Well, he was the one that took the thing. So when you sent it to me, I'm like, I don't even remember posting this. But <laughs> it was on Country AF Radio's uh, Instagram. And that's when I came back and was like, dude, this is fucking, this is great. Because you've, you, the passion you have about music and your career and what you do, that's not the first time you've done that to me. You've done it twice now. Yeah. yeah. To where you're just like, dude, this is, you know, you know, music's what I do for a living. Because sometimes we fuck with each other and it goes, yeah, it goes far. And if that's, I don't ever take it serious. You'd never be here if, if there wasn't an enjoyable side to it all. Sure as fuck wouldn't bite sushi, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, being the, the being an artist is, is a 
it's a really tough job. It's don't Dude. get me wrong, it's really fun, and it's given me the most life, ex- like best life experience I could ever imagine. Right. Um, but there are those times where, you know, you're you're out there working your ass off, and you haven't been home in seven weeks, and you're just trying to get your name out there, get your music out there, sure. and then and then somebody moves from North Dakota to Nashville and all of a sudden they're like on this and on this and then you're like really I've been working my ass off for 15 years right you know and it's so yeah there are moments like that where you go when you are passionate about what you do and you really care about what you do you are going to have those moments where you don't quite understand like because in your mind you're like well it's got to be something I'm doing wrong right you know so your mind starts racing like that and then you throw alcohol on top of that and you're like then you're a, then, and you're then you a, throw you, someone that you mess around with all the time <laughs> on top of that and it's just not a good it's a fuck shit sandwich that's what that's called yeah exactly yes, most definitely most definitely it's but my yeah, favorite all that thing stems from passion so. dude it, it has to and I think doing what you do is not easy by any means like I joke around I play the drums at home I play for fun I've never ever ever could ever see myself on a stage playing just not my cup of tea just something I would would never ever do when i say i'm famous enough that's no joke like that's as far as i want to go like uh that's cool i mean it's kind of a, a neat thing and when you see i see some of these artists come through here and know that they've written and they've put their heart and soul and it's experience that they've had to be able to share that with other people is uh it's, that's pretty crazy dude that's i wouldn't call that talent i call that more balls than anything whether it's female male whatever even writing like that like i sit back and i look at s- some of these songs that talk about like i look at tim montana's son of a song dude if you ever listen to the lyrics to that fucking song mm. uh, and you're any kind of human you'll cry because it, yeah. dude, his dad left him nothing but with a belt with his name on it. Like, and you sit back, his other dad was just a piece of crap. But you sit back, and like everybody has their story. But for him to go out there and tell it, like I sat in his garage the first time I ever heard it. And have you been to his garage before? Where yeah. The, so he pulls yeah. out. He's got this whole setup, band shit everywhere, and he goes, "Dude, you got to hear these these two two new songs." Though the first one he plays is "Cowboys on the Run" with him and Kid Rock, fucking <laughs> totally badass Tim Montana. And then he turns around and plays "Son of a Song." He's drunk. Chris is drunk, and I'm just like sitting there. Heather's she's not drunk, but she's there, and we're just like listening to music. And uh, Scott Stevens was there too, <laughs> so the whole night just went all over the fucking place. So he starts playing this "Son of a Song." And I'm just like sitting there going, bro, what the fuck? Like, yeah. seriously. Even Austin Jinx, um, um, if you'd been around, yeah. the first time I heard that was I was at the Basement East. Heather and I were there for CRS. And I love telling this story because it's who I am. You're going to learn a lot about me right now. I go to CRS. Uh, I know a lot of people in radio from my previous to what I'm doing today. I've been in this industry about 20 years in some form or fashion. So there's a lot of people there that I know. Um, and they're all going to the big show. They're all going to see Garth Brooks and Zach Brown Band. That's what everyone's going to do. Yeah. And they're all like, dude, are you going? You gonna, you gonna? And I'm like, nah, I'm going to go see some new music. Yeah. And they're like, one of them said, well, Garth's probably going to play a new song. And I'm like, you guys don't get who I am. Yeah. So I went to the Basement East and I saw Austin Jenks play. Um, 40 people in the room. Like it was like, you've obviously been there before. Mm-hmm. They're all in the bar room. That's it. The other whole room is there's not one person. Where, where the bathrooms are, there's not one fucking person in that whole room. It is, there's nobody there. Yeah. Saw the best show I had seen in a long time. Because he's just sitting, I'm shooting the shit with Austin, blah, blah, blah. He's like, dude, uh, I got to run. And I went, all right. Fuck, two, two seconds later, he's sitting down on the floor, which is not even the stage, with his guitar, and just starts playing. So I was like, fuck. So we go sit down and watch. He played t- two songs. I'm on my phone doing some stuff on Instagram, you know, like fucking posting him playing, whatever. I set my phone out for a second. He starts playing uh, um, If You'd Been Around. I fucking lost my shit, dude, because I don't know my dad. His story's a little bit different. I didn't get the complete story until I got to sit down with him and talk to him about it, but um, um, 
But I was blown away. Then I leave there and I go to uh, um, the Bluebird Cafe. I had never been there before. That place is fucking small too. And it was tables. So it was even smaller. And I saw uh, four chick bands play, one of them being Stephanie Quayle. And was just like, that's what music is to me. That's if I can cool. get you in an, in an environment that's not a festival. I don't love festivals. I like mm-hmm. them if I go the right way. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be out there with every monkey out there that's going bananas. I want no part of that. Right. But, um, but to see them up close and personal. Like, that's why I want to do what I want to do with this whole um, MTV Unplugged meets what Toad wants sort of, yeah. sort of thing. Like, really get an idea, but not move. Not just keep it all tight and make it fresh and make it... And uh, after I get it worked out, dude, I'd love to have you back. And, and um, um, What's that song called again? I'd Nothing like to, to do, do with you? Yeah, I'd love to, like play that out in a sense of with some video and some music and kind of like i'm super like anxious to hear that song now too excited is probably a better word so just i'll send you this other song too just on the subject we were just talking about um we never dove into it but my uh i didn't have a great father either and uh in fact my mom is an amazing amazing person she um she called me one day and she said uh you need to call your dad and i was like what? Last Call him time what? I, I was like, <laughs> this is when I was like maybe 22 years old. And last time I had spoken to him when I was like 11. Wow. And we were fishing on the Ohio River. And he was saying how like she was really poor, so I need to come live with him. And I was like, I was like, no, like she needs me. Like, like make each other happy. Like I, I can't leave her. Right. And he was like, okay. He goes, well, she can't afford to put you through college, so you're just going to end up a loser like her. His exact words. And I said, what? I was like, no. I'm going to get a soccer. At 11? At 11. And I said, I'm going to get a soccer scholarship and go to college so she doesn't have to pay for it. And he literally dropped his beer and dropped his fishing pole and was laughing till he cried. And I go, we get, I didn't say anything. We get done fishing. We go back home and I call my mom, collect. And I said, come get me. She was in Dallas, Georgia. I was in Franklin, Ohio. A little bit of a drive. Yeah. She hung up the phone, drove overnight, got me. Get about five miles down the road. She's like, what is this about? Are you okay? And I said, yeah. And I told her what happened. She goes, well, we can fix that. She got a third job. Um, I got a job busting tables when I was 13. So it was the last time I spoke to my dad. Ended up getting a bunch of soccer scholarships and sent them all to him, certified mail. All right. And, uh, but uh, once I got into music... And doing my whole thing, she goes. She called me one day randomly, and she goes, "Hey, uh, you need to call your dad, and just give it another shot." And I was like, "I don't think so." She's like, "You need to do it." And uh, must have been mom's tuition or whatever, because I called him, and it was the same. I mean, it was the same guy I'd spoken to when I was eleven. Same exact attitude, everything. Right. Well, I would have been there, but you know, it was your mom's fault. She wouldn't let me. And anyway, whole drama that he just wouldn't take responsibility. And. Uh, I waited until about a year ago to write a song about that situation, and it's called Every Word You Didn't Say. Ah, nice. And uh, I wrote it with Jonathan Singleton and Wyatt Durrett, and uh, man, it's it's probably it's probably the most personal song I've ever written, which is probably why I hadn't released it, but I might release it. Have you recorded this, it? Yeah. How hard was that? Um, it was actually really cool, uh, because it's the the whole thing is about, you know if you would have said this blah 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 blah. well then the end of it the last verse is well now i got a little man of my own and i try and teach him everything i know about guitars and fast cars and right. dream big and work hard type of stuff 
Um, so it kind of turns it on to, I don't have a child yet, but I'd like to imagine. What you would do. Yeah. So it kind of turns into that. And so it's it's actually a very cool ending to a song like that to where it's not so heavy and you kind of still come out of the song ah. in, in a good mood, in like positive way. Um, Everclear did that song, Father of Mine. Yeah. And uh, it never got happy. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> but he does do a, a similar line in there. You know, uh, I'm a grown man. I have a child of my own and I'll never let him know all the pain I've known. Yeah. I know that song way too well because I kind of like the whole thing. Anything has to do with that. Right? <laughs> Dude, that's a, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough one. I mean, you sit back and I knew that um, my mom had been married a couple times. I want to say four or five times before I was 15. And so uh, my real dad I met when I was 17. And so I've always had this mindset where I'm not going to be anything like any of these fucking dudes. None yeah. of them. Not one of them. So when I raised my kid, I was in his life. I made sure I was in his life. He ended up living with me the majority of his childhood gr- growing up. And so it was like I was stern, set my boundaries, but that's just who I was. And now um, with Heather, she's got a t- 10-year-old daughter. I'm a totally different person. Like I don't have the stress of being young with a child. Um, I was 25 when he was born. So yeah, you, you yeah. sit back and you have that stress of money and life and uh, um, uh, w- wanting to have somebody in your life. So trying to find the balance between everything. But then you sit back and I, I, I look at my mom and I know that she did the best that she could do and worked many jobs trying to get to where she wanted to be. And mm-hmm. now she sees success in a different light that she did when she was younger. That's for sure. And I'm kind of the same way. You know, I, I, Dude, that's I, where my work ethic came from. Yeah. Right from my the mom, hustle for sure. Yeah. I, so I started working at home a lot of the time. Um, probably 12, 13 years ago, I guess. And I would have these moments where I'd be like, fuck, I need to get a job. I need consistent income. I'd freak out. No different than probably what, what, what you're doing because you go out yeah. you only get a check when you sing. It's ups and downs every yeah. single, I mean, all the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, until and, and, and you're, you know, Blake Shelton, I mean, you, you, I mean, I even look at some of the artists that are pretty established now and then I watch that they probably still have to watch what they're doing because that money's only going to last so long and how many people are digging in their pockets with them, you know? Yeah, well, you get more people digging in your pockets and your shows start, the production starts costing more. Sure. And the crew starts costing more and everything starts costing more. Sure. So. Yeah, it's uh, you know, this is what I do for a living, Toad. Yeah, I know music. that. As I'm saying, you, I mean, <laughs> dude, that's why I just go back to. That's you why I, I just text you that old time. <laughs> Toad, I do this for a living. I do this for a living, dude. I like, <laughs> I see a lot of the artists come through here. I booked some artists recently where they their their demand is a lot higher to me than what. I don't want to put a value on what they're worth because the end of the day is like if nobody knows who you are, that doesn't mean that you're not busting your ass. But right. I'm still trying to run a business. There's another side to it all. I have some artists that come here and ask for X plus plus plus, and I'm like, that's not how we work here, man. Yeah. Like sell your oats. Let's get busy here. Like do your work. Yeah. If you come once and you get to come again, it's because we like you. Period. End of story. We've had plenty of artists that come through once. That's time. what she said. Yeah. <laughs> What's her name? Oh, let's not get into that. Um, it is, it's Vegas, baby. It's man, Vegas. We were, we were talking anyway. We were talking. <laughs> change the subject. We were talking about ticket sales earlier. You know, and it's a lot of artists because we're so into our craft and into the whole artist mindset of things. Right. We actually have a really tough time going. Okay, how many tickets did I sell? That's what I'm actually worth in right. this market. Yeah. Doesn't mean, like you said, it doesn't mean your music is worthless or you're not a good artist. But a lot of artists have to understand that business side of it of you really are worth whatever tickets you sell. Sure. So that's why I'm not, I'm not you know, my guest lists are never big because it's like, dude, the end, I the, want my friends to go. Well, and support we what you're support doing. You. Yes. Well, it's no different than a clothing line. I've had quite a few in my day. And I just read something not too long ago, uh, maybe in the last like two years that came across it said that if 
your so-called friends won't support what you're doing, and that means that if you have a T-shirt company, that they won't buy your T-shirt. Aaron, that that shirt he's wearing, he bought it. I didn't buy mine. No, we ain't fucking buying <laughs> whatever, dude. No, and the people that are on my guest list tonight, don't be mad about this because it's not about that. It's the I'm never mad is, at that. Is about is about you know the artist. I want to sell as many tickets for you. It doesn't matter what our guarantee is, what our deal sure. is. I want at the end of the day, you go. Okay, so we can help him next time because he sold this many tickets, right? Not because he gave away this many tickets. I look at it in a sense a little bit different than you do. I do look at the ticket sales, but I also look at the experience that the people have. If people come here, and each time you come here, there's more people dancing on the floor, there's more people singing your music, more people having a good time, more positive reaction online. Like even the stuff that we joke about, what Aaron says online. The end of the day is he's reaching people that you probably wouldn't reach before because you don't know those people. Those are his personal followers on his Instagram and Facebook. That's what it's all about. Your 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 connection to the people that come to Stoney's, mm-hmm. some form or fashion, whether it be that they've, like, I get a lot of people that ask me, what what is hashtag FSM? They, like, no joke to ask. <laughs> or what's your problem with them? I'm like, I don't have a problem with that. I fucking love to do. We talk about You ask me what your problem with me is, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and it's fun. And the, the, the neatest part about what we do is I know there's growth because uh, I showed you that Mark McKay guy on, on the back wall. I was driving to Victorville a couple weeks ago with Chris and Junior and everybody, and I get a phone call and it's on speakerphone and he's got a new PR company and one of the first things his PR lady says I need you to get you out to Vegas and I need you to sit down with Toad over at Stoney's and get on Toad's tunes and I was like That's awesome. you're fucking kidding me right like that he's like dude uh, he goes I had the hardest time to not just laugh and go fuck that guy all he's gonna do is make fun of me because that's <laughs> but truth be told that's what this is about yeah. I mean I mean the what we're doing right now is growth in marketing for not only yourself but for country af radio and stonies that's that's the whole reason behind it is like it's win-win chris and i have the same philosophy and that's why we get along so well when it comes to music yes this is a business one of us has to have a business mind but we also want to have the relationship that we go to nashville or we go somewhere that there's respect there that what we're doing in the west coast because i don't believe there's anybody out here that does what we do nobody not on the west coast i just i talk i mean your artist hospitality and just the way you guys run it is right I mean, every one of you guys in your band today wrote you tonight about dinner and how awesome it was. Well, they also didn't know what kind of sushi I was eating. <laughs> oh, that's different, kind of dude. That's but different. no, they, re- they they individually text me, not not at the same time, but different moments apart of right. how great the catering was backstage today. Right. I mean, and it's about you guys coming here. And um, Carter Winters Camp said it the best for me, that when they go on the road and they got 10, 20 stops, they see Stoney's in the middle somewhere. That's their, like... That's their marker. Dude, we just got to get to Stoney's. And then we can and take we, a breath of fresh yep. air, revamp. And get right back get on back it on again. Grind. I yeah. mean, I know that we run a tight ship here, um, and we want everyone to have a good time more than anything. This is artist-driven on Friday nights. That's what this is about. It's you guys, and we want to make your, your stay special and fun to where I used to always say this, and I say it every now and then, that I can't pay you to go and talk good stuff about Stoney's. I can't. Right. Because I would be broke. <laughs> but that's the truth. I mean, right? Yeah. yeah, you can you can have your negative stuff. That's going to travel faster. But I really can't pay anybody to come through here and talk good. So we kind of like that's kind of our motto. We want to have a good time. Chris is, you know, when you hang out with Chris, it's fun. That's like a good time. He promises yeah. you the world and doesn't write that check, does he? <laughs> Toad does. No, he writes the somebody writes the check. He just don't answer the phone. <laughs> that's um, awesome. I do have to say there is a there's a Stoney's bar patio in my apartment complex. What is that? So Tyler's Tyler Rich's uh, tour manager, Timmy. Timmy. He, he lives in my, Abercrombie. Yep. Timmy. He, uh, he lives in my building. Ben Gallagher lives in my building. It's fucking right. Um, but uh, Timmy has a, a bar set up outside, and he says it's the Nashville Stonies. Is it? So we all we all call it Nashville Stonies. We'll wear Stonies hat up to go drink with them and stuff. Right. It's I awesome. wonder what I need to send him. 
I'm gonna uh, probably an invoice. An invoice, <laughs> uh, a lease agreement, yeah. uh, some sort of um, what do they call that? A licensing ag- agreement more than anything. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I should probably next time you're up there, just take a picture of the area, okay. and I'll figure something out that we can send up there and put up there to like maybe like on our stage we have the Stonies Rock and Country. Yeah, maybe I'll get an LED one made that he can plug in the wall there, and he I'd would be, lose his mind, dude. So Timmy is. Uh, don't give it to me though, because it might not make it. Probably, I have to make I might two. Put it in my apartment. I have to make two of them. No, I want this <laughs> one to go to your to the to the island place. That one. Oh yeah, we, yeah, we can Make yeah. you one there. So my family uh, married into a sign company here. Uh, my cousin, um, there are people that did our big stony sign out front too, and the mm-hmm. ones on the wall. So I mean, nice. I could probably go there and get it for a very very good deal, that sort of thing. But oh, I think it would yeah. be rad. The night that Tyler Rich was here. Um, there was some 1942 that was left over in one of the, and Chris was running around here. So you know what Chris in 1942 means? Yeah, they sent me pictures. I was jealous. Dude, so I took the picture of all of them holding the bottle. So it was, okay. the, it was the raddest thing in the world because it was kind of like, do you, are you guys going to do anything with these? And he's just like, dude, if it's sitting there, I'm taking it. Because we ended up getting uh, an RV that we got in the back because there's so many bands that we had to like expand the green room experience. So they took that room and it was super 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 funny that um i kind of like joke he posted a picture the other day and said, the only thing missing is a bottle of 1942 <laughs> <laughs> i am showing you this so a beverage company just had this delivered to me in nashville you've i think you've probably seen one of these bottles the giant oh, yeah. 1942 bottle with yes, the, the light up label on it so i haven't broken that out at my don't. house because you don't they just sent it to me and i didn't uh didn't have a chance to open it. I wouldn't I open it. I have to save it. I have a bottle of Proper 12 at home. Um, um, Conor McGregor's whiskey, oh, whatever. Nice. It was really hard to get here for the longest time, so I talked to G downstairs and asked if he could do me a favor and get me a bottle. So That's I did. Cool. I put it on my... And I just got some tequila at home that I actually drank on my birthday uh, in the blue and white bottles. You the, drank? Oh, Classe Azul. Yes. I just got one for my birthday Yeah, and uh, drank it for my birthday. I didn't yeah. drink the whole thing. I, I mean, I had two I shots did. of it, and it probably lasted me an hour and a half. So it's super good. Yeah, I drank the whole thing. Did you? Yeah. And you're still walking. Oh, yeah. I'm a tequila guy, so. Rather you than me. That's all I got to say. I'm about to go have a few tequilas before the show starts. I'll decide that. Dude, why don't you tell people how to find you online? Everything is at Stevie Montz on all the social media. Dude, Um, hold on. I know what I wanted to ask you. Okay. Who the fuck is Steve Montz? This guy, like, got a gig and, like, is that your brother? (laughs) I saw that. (laughs) Okay, so funny story about that. So... I might offend some people when I say this, so I apologize in advance, but if you knew me personally, you'd get my sense of humor. But uh, actually, I think it was I think it was Aaron that sent me the message, who is Steve Montz? Did you see my response to him? No. <laughs> I just saw something online that you, you, were, you were on a show or something like that, and the print was Steve Montz. Yeah, and yeah. people do it all the time, and I'm always like, oh, well, that's my dad's name. Right. So... Aaron messes with, me, messes with me all the time. It's all hashtag FSM and all this stuff. So I <laughs> sent him a message back. I was like, uh, that's my dad. He's dead. He couldn't make it. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not get a response back. And I was like, I meant to tell him that at dinner tonight. You should have like, told him. <laughs> yeah, I meant to tell Dude, him. Dude, you that. never went back and said I was just kidding? No. Oh! No. Why? You know, you can't throw something out like that and then say you're joking. Oh, you got to make him sweat. So we have a door guy here. His name is Nick. Love him to death, but I always fuck with him. And I always say something like, he'll say something like, oh, your mom does that. I'm like, fuck, his mom passed. Oh, great. And I always feel like shit, but I'm a your mom guy. That's what I always say. Well, see, I do stuff like that, but I never say it. And I happen to always say it to someone whose mom did pass or dad That's my life, too. I got to quit saying it. Good Lord. All right. All right. So tell people how to find you online. Not your dad, but you. (laughs) At Stevie Mott's on all the social medias, uh, steviemotts.com. 
all the uh, tour dates and listen to music, all that good stuff. And uh, Country AF Radio, you can always request my stuff. That's what I'm talking about. We won't play it, but you know we'll take the <laughs> yeah, request. Yeah, I won't play it, but whatever. If you're bored and you want to waste some time, go on countryaf.com. Do it. Do it. Do it. Thanks for hanging out, dude. Dude, thank you, buddy. Country AF Radio's On Demand.